Rant and Rave is brought to you by Andrews Technology Group. Make sure you hit them up at A-N-D-R-E-W-S Technology Group.com. DJs, promoters, small business owners, get your technology and website needs met. Hey, Soka lovers, it's Soka Say So. And this chick. And we're back. Episode six of the special limited series. We have a collection of interviews with people all around the world talking about the global Black Lives Matter movement. In this episode, we're talking to Tim Barrett, who's in Berkshire County, Massachusetts, about what it was like when he went to Trinidad for the first time for Carnival and why he thinks predatory policing should be defunded. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Soka lovers, welcome back to the BK Rent and Rave podcast. I am speaking today with Timothy Barrett, who is a resident of Berkshire County in Massachusetts. Tim and I actually go way back. I'm not going to date myself on the podcast uh, because we studied together in Trinidad, studying Trinidad carnival culture and history. Um, So we'll get into a little bit of that. But he's also taken part in some of the protests that have been happening, the Black Lives Matter protests that have been happening in his neighborhood, and we will get some insights and perspectives from Tim. So, Tim, thank you first for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me, Deanna. Absolutely. So I told them already that we go back. We know each other from going to Trinidad in, mm, do I want to say the year? No, we're young. We don't have to say I don't, the year. I don't think, well, it's <laughs> no, up to you, We don't have really. to say the year. We're you young know. people. Um, <laughs> but it right. was our first time. Both of us, our first time going to to Trinidad because we did the study abroad through Trinity um, and we got to touch down in Trinidad and learn all about the culture of carnival. How was that for you? I know for me, it was life changing, but I'm a black woman and you touched down as a white man in Trinidad. What was that like for you? Yes. Um, It was, uh, you know, like kind of in the beginning, I guess it was very, it was thrilling, you know, it was a little intense intimidating like I guess to be the only person in the room that looks like you is not really something that I was used to at that point in my life um so you know you but like I said there was something sort of thrilling about that and just like maybe learning that experience to me it was it was a soft landing to a degree because you and I I mean I was introduced to some really cool people through our program and that kind of got me to know some really cool people and get into the culture that way. And it was people who just took me in and made me feel welcome. And, you know, it's people that to this day, um, you know, I talked to on the phone. I don't know if I told you I spoke with Charlene and Angie Harris. You know, it's like people that are friends with me for the rest of my life. Still, you and I are still in contact through this. Um, but, yeah, I think in the beginning, it, it, it's kind of tough to tell. You don't know what to think or feel when people look at you and you know like I'm mostly looked at like a tourist Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so you get that kind of maybe I don't want to call it unwanted attention maybe you know somebody coming up to you but Trinidad for all intents and purposes doesn't really have a ton of tourism so for the most part it it, it really rarely happened that people came up to me and I knew I was singled out for being a white guy Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um I know that when we were in FETs at certain in certain FETs in certain situations, 
I was an easy target. You know, a lot of places like that you and I would go to, you know, like like Army Fat, like some of those bigger fets. It's like, you know, we got into the mix and it's like you have no control really physically over what's going on. You know, thank the Lord everybody's jumping and dancing together. But, you know, I know that I was an easy target for people. And in that way, like I felt my skin. But to be honest, like overall, I feel as if I was welcomed by so many people and made to feel a part of, you know, that unique experience that we were offered through school. Um, and so, you know, you returned or basically got to expand on your Caribbean, you know, roots, which to me is like an amazing experience. I've been able to do the same, you know, I've been, you know, I'm Irish, let's say I've been to Ireland and that's a very unique thing. Um, but for me, I was just floored and I was in, you know, you kind of, we got wrapped up in the culture and, fell in love with the culture and just it was an amazing experience and i i don't even know if i could tell you a single like malicious or you know other than maybe being pickpocketed or attempt to be pickpocketed uh, you know nobody treated me nobody gave me a sideways glance for the most part yeah you know? plus you kind of went in head first i mean you were walking through lab until at night like you weren't some white guy in <laughs> in <suicide. laughs> Yeah, you know, but I wasn't just like bouncing up the road. Like, you know, I was there with Carlton, you know, I was there with, you know, our friend Carlton. And so, you know, like I said, like, you know, I was able to to meet people and to be introduced to people. And, you know, I think, you know, Carlton was and still is to one of my closest friends to this day. And, you know, we hit it off very, you know, right away, the two of us and yeah, within a short period of time, I was, you know, going over his house like people do. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And yeah, you know, then you kind of like, well, maybe, you know, you need to watch yourself up there. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I get that. You know, I understand that. Maybe I didn't understand it to its full degree. But, you know, like I felt too, like my house with Carlton, I was with his family. Like, you know, like I was, you know, I, if somebody's coming to my house, any of my neighbors mess with them, you know, that's you know, okay, well, this is happening. Now, yes, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, protected. I felt like, I, I felt, yeah, I felt like, you know, I was, I was a part of the crew. Like I was just a part of the people that was around, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And you had a unique um, internship. You actually worked with kids and did drama. And so you got to meet not just the children, their families. What was that experience like? Cause you were studying that before in Trinity. So what was that like? Right. Right. That, uh, that was, um, a very special experience. And again, you know, like, uh, you know, we'll probably, you and I, we, we have some shared names. You remember Noble Douglas, Mm -hmm. um, amazing woman, like, and I was able to like, basically intern with her and her, she has like, you know, Lilliput theater, which is like a, a school for dance mostly, but also theater with, uh, with young kids. I mean, I think the youngest class we had, there might've been a three-year-old girl Uh in that longest youngest oh yeah three-year-old girl in the youngest class maybe three to five and then all the way up to i want to say 17 18 year olds like still in high school and you know she was a very unique loving stern just a very powerful individual you know like very powerful soul very powerful energy if that makes Mm -hmm. sense i don't want to sound wishy-washy um yeah she took me in and took me right under her wing and made me very much a part of everything there. And she didn't have, you know, it wasn't like, she wouldn't have to be over the top about it. She just, 
folded me into the experience. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that was a huge part. And, and then I made friends through um, her adult dance company. So that's where I met like Charlene Harris and, uh, you know, a bunch of other people. I don't know if you remember Dave was one of the dancers Ooh. who was uh, he, he was around, I think, for when we did. Um, I won't get ahead of myself, but when we did uh, when we went back in 2006, he was in that show, too. But regardless, um, yeah, my time with Noble, I mean, like, I'm, I'm in awe, you know, I'm blessed to have, to have had that experience. Nice. Plus, you also got to take part in Carnival for the first time. <laughs> yes, I did. I yes, I did. Kind of helped you out a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't terrible, man. It wasn't terrible. I mean, you know, again, you know, there's situations just because, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, it's sort of like organized popping off. You know what I mean? Like everybody's here to get theirs. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, the, the, you know, but yeah, it, it was nice. <laughs> it was nice. It, you, you know, we, we were also, I think with safe crowds, you know, we were with three canal and um, also with Mitchell. And I think overall, you know, that, that demographic, mm-hmm was different than a lot of yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah, like a, a safer, you know, older more artsy crew yeah 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 you know all those things mm-hmm. um and so i think that you know not to say that anything would have been different because you're still walking through the same streets right. i think that my experience in carnival as who i was like you know i was also very much just like in love with trinidad and i was in love like you know almost like blindly in love with with the experience we were having and being able to be plugged in, you know, and it's almost like maybe, maybe it would make me naive almost, or, you know, maybe not fully possess the grasp of what, you know, dude, you stay with these, you know, you're doing the right thing, staying right in here. This is perfect. Just stay with this, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And then in 06, you know, I don't know if you remember when we went back in 06, Juve was already getting started at like five in the morning as opposed to like, yeah, two in the morning. Two, I don't yeah. remember what it was the first year. And that was the time I got hit with a bottle. And that was the only time I saw, you know, any other kind of garbage going down. But like Trinidad had kind of been changing a little bit mm-hmm. too. You know, and I, I don't have the authority to speak on that, but I could see it. And I think that we were aware of it. Yeah. You know, our second our second time around. Yeah, you felt the, you felt the difference. Um, plus, when we got there, we had mentioned that there were more, you know, bars on the windows or burglar proofing um, that we hadn't really yeah. seen much of when we were there in, in uh, 2001. Right. But one of the things I remember that you said when we got to Trinidad, and we both had this experience, and it was so weird to me that you said this. You're like, I feel like I'm home. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about, yeah. white Irish guy? Yeah. How does this resemble yeah. anything familiar yeah. to you? Yeah, I mean, it, it really was like, you know, from the human perspective, it was very much like it felt like I, I just felt so at ease, you know, it just and like loved and appreciated. And I, I don't know why, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm eternally grateful to you know, Tony and Mila and everyone who made that a possibility. Um, you know, Noble, obviously, uh, Wendell Manwarren, you know, I was also able to work mm-hmm. with him, you know, both of my kind of times that I was there. Um, but yeah, it really did. It, it, it was at a right time in my life too, on a, you know, just from a personal perspective, things I was going through in my life at that time. And, 
yeah, it just really was like a, a warm hug, you know, just like a hug, you know, a nice, oh man, where have you been? Where have you been? You know? That's a good <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, I can't really explain it other than that. You know, the food, I just, you, know, you love the food, uh, music. I love walking down the street. I love being Independent Square, you know, walking about, you know, walking around with Carlton, getting a peanut punch and, you know, just, it's just music banging off the streets at all times. And it's like, damn, you know, it's just, people are enjoying their lives. Yeah. I just felt as if uh, I really enjoyed enjoying my life like that. And uh, I don't know why I didn't maybe feel, I mean, like not to feel like I didn't feel at home when I'm here with my family and things of that nature. But yeah, in a way you, it was like, wow, this is the feeling. This is, this is where I want to be. You yeah. Know? That's amazing. One of the things that you mentioned is you, you felt your skin at certain times, uh, but not mm-hmm. always, not all the way throughout. So it was interesting to me because I had come from Trinity College where there were classes where I was the only something, right? The only black yes. person, the only woman, whatever. Um, yeah. And so to then go to Trinidad where I'm not the only one, <laughs> like I'm yeah. the majority yeah. now. This is great. It feels yeah. totally different. So I was trying to imagine, you know, going from the majority to the minority now. Yeah. That must have been weird. But I find it would be harder to be you in the rest of the world. Absolutely. Than it is to be yeah. Me. So that's exactly why this whole Black Lives Matter movement, um, for me, it is, it's great to see that this is not just uh, happening in specific areas. Like, you know, George Floyd's murder happened in Minneapolis, but you're seeing people right. protesting in the streets all around the world. Um, so this says to me that this is, there's very few places on this planet where Black people are treated the same as everyone else. And um, it's really interesting to see how all of a sudden, you know, the consciousness, people are aware of this in numbers and just going out in force. What do you think is causing this kind of global uprising? Well, you know, some of it's got to be momentum and what it is, I, I, you know, and to be, to be entirely honest, you know, you had, um, Remind me of the young gentleman's name. The kid was going for a jog in, in Atlanta. Ahmad Aubrey. Ahmad Aubrey. Then you had Breonna Taylor. And, then, you know, these were, like, right on top of mm-hmm. each other. And, you know, the Ahmad Aubrey case on its own was, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then they're going to go to, then they're going to go to Stand Your Ground, which is, you know, it's ridiculous. You know, anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I think, yeah, I think the video and just the look on that dude's face, man. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know. Regardless, I have not, you know, in my life, you know, and I'm not trying to draw parallels, please you know, allow me to say this, but like, you know, I have not had the best luck with police in my mm-hmm. life. And, I, you know, I'm going to tie this back in, but like, I think just the way, you know, we're seeing it plainly, not just, you know, through George Floyd, but like, it just the, you don't have to be killing somebody for us to see just how disgusting like the idea of policing is in our country in our culture you know what i'm saying and like the kind of like the the impunity that people are allowed to behave under and it's like you know when i get pulled over i don't get scared i'm sure like a black man of my age whatever every you know i'm sure but i still get scared man because you don't know where this is Mm -hmm. going and i've been in situations where hasn't really gone that great 
and you don't know what this guy's dealing with and what he's going to try to bring to you. You know what I'm saying? I think that we have a culture of policing that's kind of predatory in nature. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, from cars on the road to, you know, stop and frisk, you know, which I've, um, you know, I've never been stopping for us, but shit, Dave. I mean, give me a break, man. Yeah. You know, you can just walk. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's the idea of policing. That's the idea of what it is. And it's, it's acceptable. And it's, you know, it's quote unquote law and order. Um, and I read something re- real interesting from a friend of mine who's been living in Germany for years. And he was recounting moments that he watched kind of incredulously when he first moved there about how the police were dealing with, you know, maybe somebody who was tweaking on drugs or somebody, you know, somebody being, you know, somebody who was tweaking and, and vandalized, you know, and the way that they handle situations. And it was just a sharp contrast between, well, in the U S it would, it would not go down. Like mm, that. Meaning that person no, like, was, was treated with respect. And fairly, to, to you know, yeah, not, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you like, I don't know if you were there, a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, the second time that we were in Trinidad, got into a bad car accident. I don't know if you remember that. Kind of rolled his car into the ocean, coming back from the beach. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. remember that. I don't want to put anybody's name out there. But I was, you know, we're talking about Ash Wednesday morning. And we had gone from Tuesday night, out and out and out, until we hadn't slept, you know, know, beers at the beach, whatever. (laughs) And now we're coming back into town and the car in front of us rolled, literally rolled into the ocean. Like it was right. It was that there's like a two lane road that goes right along the ocean, headed back to Port of Spain. So this car rolls off into, and he's, you know, he's been drinking for about two days straight now. And I'm like, dude, we got to get you out of here. We got to get you out of here now before the cops show up. He's like, don't worry about it, man. Relax, relax. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, shoot, if I'm in any kind of situation like this back home, I'm gone. I'm off the scene. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to you don't want to be dealing with DUI and all this and that because you know they're going to be taking it to you. And so, cops rolled up. They just kind of started directing traffic. It was all good. And I'm just like beside myself. I'm like, they didn't yoke this. They didn't check him. They didn't talk to him. They don't care mm-hmm. that he. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just like the the and it's like you know they don't care. Like they're going to direct traffic and they make sure that you know this car gets pulled out of the ocean. Okay. And yeah, we're, we're going to go on our way. And that's what the police do around here. Wow. You're just like, oh. But you had okay. that instant sense yeah. of fear. Like, no, we have to, we have to get out of here. Ooh. I'm like, dude, let's go. We got to no. I'm like, dude, let's go. And I, I, was, I couldn't believe the way he was behaving. He's like, no, it's okay, man. Just chill. He's like, you know, he was, you know, he'd been drinking. And, and mind you, it was a pretty, I'm surprised. There was three people in the car and nobody got hurt. And it was amazing. It rolled off of the road mm. into the ocean. <laughs> and yeah, he was just like, chill. No, we're good. Cops rolled up and I'm like, dude. And he's like, yeah. And they just started directing traffic and that was that. And they pulled his car out of the ocean and uh, yeah, everybody kind of went on their wow. way. Wow. The idea that the police are there to help <laughs> and to make sure the idea that they're there to help safely as opposed to enforce yes. any kind of law and just be this like intimidating yeah, presence. Ah. You know, it's uh, it's rough, man. It's rough. And then, you know, that's just, that's me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I've never been, I mean, I have, you know, you know, I, I've not been pulled over just because of the way that I look. At least I don't believe so. You know right, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 
I, I can go on about some times that like they were a little, little too much, you know what I mean? And, and I'm sure my stories do not stack up, but regardless of that, like something, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I, from experience and, and people that I know, talking to people I know, and you know, it's just wrong in the way that the approach to how the law is laid mm-hmm. down. Well, I saw that there was actually a protest in Cambridge, uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, where they were holding up signs. Uh, for defund the police because there was supposed to be, I believe, a $4 million budget increase for the Cambridge police. And there were people saying they are just way too funded and we can reallocate some of this to social programs and community programs Mm -hmm. instead of giving all Mm -hmm. of this money to enforcement as opposed to actual, you know, social programs that can help people not get into situations where the police are needed. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, think about how many like, you know, I have family that are police, like, you know, cousins. I have an uncle who's police. You know, I have other family and other, you know, law enforcement. And it's like, you know, cops like they're they're asked to do quite a bit. You know, if you look at the different types of situations that they're really not prepared to handle, but they're called to, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I respect that. You know, we there's got to be a way that we, we but that can be, you know, and I've heard I, you know, you're hearing ideas thrown around now about. All right, we'll send a social worker and a healthcare worker, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or like, you know, or, or you know, like or an EMT or something like that. You don't need to send a cop to de-escalate certain situations. You know, I, I, I and I'm all for it. I mean, I and I just think that the the predatory nature of of law enforcement here is, is just gotta you know, you got a guy who's you know, got it who's hard up for, for some action, hard up to you know, impress somebody and you know, I don't need that guy pulling me over and trying to find a way, a reason to, you know, to put handcuffs on me or to, to find me 250 bucks, you know, or whatever that may be, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it, it's like, uh, it, it's all wrong. You know, the approach that like, you know, that, well, the, the, there's gotta be some punishment involved here and we've got to show some control here. You know, it's kind of like, well, okay, man, to the best of your abilities, I'm 25, you know, I'm as old as I am now, like, you know, some young kid, shit, like some young cop who's not lived his life is going to pull me over and have complete power. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, hell no, hell no. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. No, you you know, but anyway, I mean, it it is what it is. It's, it's, it's the way that things are done in our country. You know what I'm saying? And do you think that the people that you know who are police officers would prefer to not be called to all of those situations where you don't necessarily need a guy with a gun, you need somebody with the soft skills to really help the Yes. I would say 100%, 100%. You know, I can't speak for anybody. I'm not going to try, but you know, it, it seems to me kind of intuitive that, you know, how many, how many, like, you know, how many marital fights do you want to break up? How many domestic, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like how, how many times is she, you know, is she going to call on her husband, you know, or whatever, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe there's a time for cops to show up in certain situations, but I think that, yeah, maybe we can just talk people off off the cliff a little bit easier if there's maybe not a gun on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm all, you know, and just like, again, taking that same kind of heavy handed approach to solving things. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no, hell no. Yeah. And so I know you are in the outskirts of, um, a major city, <laughs> um, where you are. And- well, far. Yeah. Yeah. You're not in a major heavily populated area. Do you find that there At is all. a large police presence even where you are? Do you see police around all the time 
even though you're in the rural area? Um, no, you know, uh, like, you know, the towns here are pretty small. So some of them have, you know, I mean, like, I think the town that I grew up in, you know, it's like 1,500 people. And there's usually a car and a guy on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe two guys and two cars. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of ground to cover out here. So it's not like you're, like, walking the beat, yeah. you know? Um, there are towns that are larger that are close by. You know, Pittsfield is a city. We consider it a city. It's probably, like, 40,000 people. It's maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes drive. You know, they have a police force, and there you might actually come across, like, people walking a beat or walking a neighborhood. Um, out here, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, that, that's not the extent of police work, really, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, so it, it's kind of hard to compare in that sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I lived in New York for eight years. Like, you know, like, there's pretty much, like, you look up and down the block, you're going to see a cop or a car or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um but yeah, it's not the same. Do here. people tend to kind of know who? I mean, you've got the one police officer. Do people tend to know yeah. their their police officers in their neighborhoods? Yes, for better or for worse. That's interesting. I would always think that that would be for better. What do you think might be the opposite of that? Why would that not be a good situation? Well, let's just say that you and I went to high school together, and I wasn't kind to you. Now you're a cop and you pull me over in a situation mm. like, uh, you yeah, know, now it's, personal. it's like any other, human, <laughs> it's any other human interaction. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, I, that's an example, I, I, but mm-hmm. you know, people there's long, you know, you get out here in these small towns and little small town politics and, you know, old grudges. I mean, old grudges out here, that's a real thing, man. And mm. You know, I, I don't think it's to the degree that, you know, if a cop pulls you over, pulls me over, pulls, you know, my neighbor over, whoever, that you're like, oh, shit. I know that knowing people in my past in certain situations has served me quite well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like people that I knew and they were like, all right, just get home. You're like, thanks, man. You yeah. Because that has been one of the the ideas is that the police need to live in the community they serve. Now, obviously, there is an issue in New York where if you have this kind of, like you said, predatory policing, then you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily want to live in that neighborhood because now everybody knows you. But if the police were there to actually protect and serve, you wouldn't have that fear, right? Because you're doing something good for the community, not something harmful to the community. So there would be no problem with you living in that community. Right, right. And people from here that are cops are from this community. So it's almost like you're kind of, you know, you to a degree, you have to live by that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like your family grew up here. I know your sister. I know your mom. Your mom was my math teacher, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, you know, and I know the situations can't be the same, but you go to New York or, you know, any other large city like that. And it's like how many guys are actually walking the beat? in the in their neighborhood you mm-hmm. know what i mean and, and how many dudes are clearly out of you know their depth in certain neighborhoods and it's like well what's he gonna be like when push comes to shove you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying and it's like you know you can you can understand you see it you know what i mean you see guys who you know maybe you shouldn't be the one talking this guy down right you know what i'm saying yeah. you know and all, all credit all credit all credit to cops who, who are doing that thing and you know, trying to be a part of their community. I, you, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I don't want to make it sound like, 
but yeah, I think especially in larger cities, you know, it's just, I, I don't know how you could be actually a part of your community, you know, actually live mm-hmm. there. I don't know if it's that easy. Yeah. Not for, just from a perspective of like, you know, that's just not how the system of policing works, uh, the hiring and, you know what I mean? Like the, the need for the amount of the pure need for the amount of cops. It's like, you know, you're going to be taking them from wherever and putting them wherever. It's like, you don't have the luxury of putting them in their own neighborhood. Yeah. But some of that has been, you know, we don't necessarily need that many. Right. Like I live in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Crown Heights and I could walk around and let's say I'm on the corner of Utica and Eastern Parkway. I'll see police. Then I go two blocks yeah. over and I'll see another set of police. And then I'll go another block over and there's another set of police. And it's yeah. the, the idea is if you have a concentration of police officers in any area, of course, the arrests are going to be higher. And if they definitely mm-hmm. don't interact or don't see the people that they are allegedly protecting as somebody that they can relate to, then they're going to be uh, be aggressive. There's antagonism on both sides, right? Because we don't trust them. They don't oh, yeah. trust us. And now something that could have been a pretty peaceful interaction gets escalated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. there is an idea where if you defund them, you won't have so many police where you're saying mm-hmm. to that community, you don't trust us. <laughs> you just don't trust us. Yeah. I think that that's something that's lost on the larger population. You know what I mean? That, you know, this idea that if you reduce, let's say by half the amount of cops that are in you just your neighborhood alone, it's like, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think like people are going to be firebombing, you know, storefronts and just like kicking the shit out of people on the streets? It's like, no, people want to live, you know, normal, natural, mm-hmm. like, you know, calm lives, quite natural. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I, you know, I understand what the idea behind the presence is. You know what I mean? I understand the logic, you know what I'm saying? But I think it's, it's, it's a fucked up logic. I think it, it, it doesn't serve, it doesn't serve us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think like our idea and it's like our ideas of like, you know, our institutions, like, you know, the police are an institution. Our idea of what that institution is, is fucked. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And we accept it. That's how you know it's fucked. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, it's terrible, but like, yep, I guess, you know, in order to have law and order, we're going to have to just, you know, lose some people every once in a while. And, you know, we're going to have to deal with these protests because we want law and order. Like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe we go the other way. You know what I mean? And stop choking people to death. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a rough one, man. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. You know, the Garner video on the um, mm-hmm. George Floyd video. I mean, and none of them are easy to watch, you know, don't get me wrong. And I, I to me, it's like, I tried to like, I don't even know how to process it sometimes. Cause I'm like, do I want to watch this? Is this like me trying to like, is this like a snuff film? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, there's a, there's something about that in there that I, I've, you know, I, it's not the highest on the list of, you know, yeah. <laughs> grudges with what you see, you know what I'm saying? But uh, but yeah, man, um, that's tough to watch. Yeah, just slowly, just 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 choking the life out of somebody, man. Yeah, for seemingly no reason, right? There were other police yeah. on the scene, and the situation for Eric Garner, anyway, was not yeah. violent. And then all of a sudden, here yeah. comes this person who feels yeah. the need to, like you said, prove something, or you know, and yeah. and he's got him in a chokehold, and now he's dead. You have other yeah. situations where it's a conversation with police, a police officer and a person. And then all of a sudden their partner just jumps out of nowhere 
and now this person is yeah. dead. Uh, there was a video a while ago, and I can't remember. Unfortunately, they've been so many. Um, but this this yeah. driver yes. was pulled over, yeah, right. and the cop says, "You know, I need to see your license and registration." The man goes to reach for it, and the cop shoots him. And he's like, "What are you? What are you doing? Why did you shoot me?" And you hear you hear the black yeah. man ask him, "Like, why did mm-hmm. you shoot me?" And the cop says, "I don't know." Oh yeah. And these are the people that are being put on every corner in black communities. With a gun in their their hand. A young man was killed coming down the stairwell of his own building because the cop in the stairwell freaked out and shot him. Yeah, man. And that's the kind of mentality when you start seeing people as a threat, when they are doing not threatening things. Yeah. Then do we really need that many of you? (laughs) Do we really need that many trigger happy people? You also, too... you also, you know, you grow up watching cops, you grow up, you know, with a healthy fear of, you know, a black man, you know, a healthy fear of black communities, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, depending on where you grew up, if you didn't have any of this in your life, how are you fit to then police that neighborhood? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just, you know, and you can learn, I not that, you know what I'm saying? People can learn, but... Uh, you know, it it just seems like culturally, like maybe you know you're in it over your head a little bit. You know, you already because you, you got to make to really understand people and understand how to be a part of a, a community and a neighborhood and a culture. You know, like it takes curiosity, it takes being open, it takes being humble. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All these things that like, and I'm sure that there's people cops out there that do that. I'm sure, right? But I think that's a harder ask of like your regular you know, mm-hmm. kind of guy walking the beat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely think that there needs to be more. I mean, this is systematic for a reason. There needs to be more integration in lifestyle, right? Like if there are black people in as your neighbors, if there are black children in your kids' schools, if there are, you know, yeah. if if you can see people on a daily basis in your life, that fear dissipates. You're not seeing them all as a threat because you're not familiar with them. And so you're relying on media images and, you know, very Mm -hmm. skewed statistics of who these people are. And then you are now there to be enforcement. And that is a dangerous combination, as we've seen. Yeah. But yeah, I think just a a general lack of interest or curiosity, mm -hmm. you know, without the general lack of interest or curiosity, you're not going to get to know somebody get to know some people you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying like you know i'm blessed you know like i've had the situations that i've had that put me in close proximity to people that like i say like you know i care deeply for now and i think that that informs or has informed you know my understanding of all of this you know to the best you know however you want to you know however you want to frame it Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying because it's like you know i think to myself you know i have a friend who's got a little boy now little black boy and you know like she you know like i'm now like i'm starting to feel anxiety through her mm-hmm. because what is you know like and she, you know her child is you know he's gonna get that talk i never got that talk about cops mm-hmm. we don't get that talk. yeah that talk about you know what how, I'm to, how to interact with the police and and leave the situation alive that, yeah. if i walk outside playing guns like we used to forever when we were kids i never got to talk like well you know i mean you better you can't be Nope, you need to leave that in the yard, son. You cannot, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, that was never a thing. 
you know, and now like I see through a real close friend of mine, somebody that I love that, you know, like this anxiety and it's like, God damn, you know what I mean? And it's like, it really is hard for people. I think otherwise to be able to, to sort of make that emotional jump and begin to understand for real what people are feeling. You know what I'm saying? Because when you see what's going on and you see the anger and you see the, the effect, you know, the, the, the rep, the ripple of just this horrendous energy that goes through people when you have one of these events and then you sit next to somebody out, like, you know, I'll sit next to somebody, you know, up here, almost everybody's white. So if I'm sitting down and watch TV and, or, you know, at the bar or whatever, and somebody's talking, it's like, you know, they got to qualify it somehow or they got to kind of categorize it somehow, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it's like, dude, just, you see what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, but they don't have that connection. Mm -hmm. So to them, it's like, they're still watching cops, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And they're still like, you know, watching shitty movies, shitty cop movies with black dudes, you know, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's, it's perpetuating. Mm -hmm. You have your doubts and it's like, you know, you have like the, the conversations that you and your friends have about shit you don't know anything about. And now it's like solidified. And then you go online and then you watch some, some this news outlet or that. And then it's like, you're starting to read, you know, confirm all this shit. You know what I mean? And then you're listening to what's your name? Candace Owens. And yeah. you're like, well, you see, what do you think? You know what I mean? What you know? Like, come on, man. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, but do you know anybody? You know, do you know you have any friends? Did you talk to your friend about how he feels about this? You know, did you ever ask him like what happens, what happens to him when he gets pulled over, how he feels or, you know, you got black friends with, with kids and like, you ever had that conversation? What, what do they feel? You know, what are they worried about for their kids? Do you care? You know what I'm saying? And I think that one of the th kind of like the offhand kind of glib sort of, uh, you know, you can be a white person and go through your life and not have to ever think about it, not have to ever think about it. And you're just kind of like, eh, you know, it's all good, man. And then something like Donald Trump comes up and you get all this kind of like really this racist background. You know, when you look at the birtherism, you know, the Central Park Five, whatever else. And it's kind of like saying like, well, we want change. And it's like, yeah, but he's a racist. And it's like, well, yeah, but we're going to we just yeah, we're good. We're but we're, we're OK with that. You know what I mean? And I think that that's kind of like it's the heart and the head that has to change. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because those people won't be convinced. Yeah. Otherwise, you know what I'm saying? That, that, you know, we talk about black lives matter. It's like, well, all lives matter. It's like, wow, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. Man. You know, Cause it's not that and they it's don't that know. little, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, it's that little thing that kind of hangs them up from really just breaking down and like, opening up letting your heart hurt for somebody else and maybe try to understand why you know their heart hurts and, and, and you know this is part of you too this is your life this is your society this is your culture too mm -hmm. yeah wow well i hope any of the people listening to this understand what you are saying because you are coming from the perspective of someone who you know technically you could have gone your whole life without ever having to have this discussion but Knowing mm -hmm. who you know and putting yourself in social circles where you do have real black friends, not the one black friend that you could just say, you know, mm -hmm. point to because you're not a racist. Um, <laughs> but mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. knowing people, getting to understand them. And like you said, opening your heart to other people to understand their concerns is a great first step in breaking down that barrier and making it not a black yes. person issue, but all of us issue. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, that's the thing, 
even, you know, I, you know, I'm learning too, man. You know, I'm getting my mind around this too. Every day I feel, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is not, I don't know if I'll ever have like what I consider to be like a solid understanding of race in this country. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's bad. You know, it's bad. You know, it's, it, you, you, you can tell when it's wrong. It's like, how, how can you tell it's pornography? It's like, you know when you see mm-hmm. it. Like, you know racism when you hear it when you see it. It's ingrained, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's, it, it, it's, it's a part of people. It's a part of their understanding. And uh, yeah, man, it just keeps, it's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, you can you can learn and you can look into different ways to, yes. to really be empathetic. You don't necessarily have to be born with it. You can learn it. You can understand it. You yeah. can make changes 100%. as well. Yeah, and you know, I'll tell you what, like I heard a guy, it was, you know, listening to the radio, I was whatever the radio station was, and it was, they were replaying a call-in that this guy, and I'm, I, I couldn't tell you the details of it all, but they replayed a call-in, and it was a white man calling in, and it was a black woman hosting a radio show, and the dude just came out, and he's like, you know, like, I know I'm prejudiced. He's like, well, what can I do to change that? And it's like, all right, man. You know, like, that, that, like, I don't know how many people are really self-aware and able to kind of, like, be like, yeah, dude, I am prejudiced i am i am that way i i I do need to make a change what what can i do Mm. you know what i'm saying like that that's a that's a big moment in somebody's life to be able to to go from one to the other and and accept it you know what i'm saying like uh and then and then do make a fruitful effort to change themselves like that that's incredibly difficult and you know but that i think is where what needs to happen with with so many more you know i don't even want to talk numbers or whatever but you know, the younger generation is better than the one before, mm-hmm. it. you know, is more tolerant, is more involved, is more diverse. Yep. Uh, that being said, like, you still got to get to the hearts and you still got to get more people who are like, yeah, man, you know what? I kind of am. I am. Uh, I think I might be a little racist. I might be thinking. Some, I think I do think some racist shit. You know, I mean, I've done some racist shit. I've been, I, you know, it's that kind of self-recognition, self-awareness is is really difficult, but that to me is like, if you could just, you know, if you could patent that pill, be like, Hey man, take, take, you know, you put it on, you know, like twice a week for a month, just, you know, take this pill and yeah, man, you're it's prejudice away. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be great. Patent that, make that pill please. So that we can just pass that out. We get people vaccinated from birth. Yeah. <laughs> you know yes exactly it's basically a vaccine it's more like it's more like an antibacterial there you go <laughs> yeah it's a it's a it's, it's a sickness you know but it can be cured i love that it can be cured. i love that and i'm gonna you know end it on that note because that is a really positive takeaway for people to know that they could change their behavior they can look into what they've been doing, what biases they may have that they don't even realize and how they could just do better and be better for themselves. And then of course, for the generations following. Timothy Barrett, dude, I'm so happy you joined the podcast. This was an amazing conversation. I'm glad. Thanks for having me aboard the ship. I appreciate (laughs) it. No, it was, it was really dope, really helpful. And I will, um, I will definitely put, you know, any information that you want me to, anything you think people need to read or look at, we'll put that into the show notes. But for now, we will just let them know that Timothy Barrett has spoken. <laughs> yeah, James Baldwin. 
James Baldwin. James, James Baldwin. Baldwin. I love Baldwin. Yes. All day. Yeah. All day. Go ahead and just tell people YouTube it. Go ahead. Nice. I love it. Just go down the rabbit hole. Allow yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Nice. Well, thank you again, Tim. I will talk to you soon. All right, D. Take care. That was great. I'm so happy we finally got to hear the white male perspective. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I was not ready for him to say that he is also nervous if he gets pulled over by a police officer. Right? <laughs> you would think huh. that that would not be the situation for a white male in America. But because of the culture of policing and the aggressiveness of police, everybody is on edge when they get pulled over. Wow. That's scary. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I was very interested in his perspective about going to Trinidad. I thought that was an awesome commercial that he went to somewhere where he went from being one of the majority to being one in the minority. And he still said he felt like he was home. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. That is so, it's, a, it's such a testament to just the feeling and the vibe of Carnival, but also, you know, this is someone who had never been to the Caribbean. And the minute he touches down, he feels like he's at home. Wow. That's amazing. And I, I'm sorry, but I, I feel like I want to rave. <laughs> I want to rave right now. <laughs> Let's rave. I have chosen the very apropos Stranger by Shadow. Bye. 
Not only is that good because it, it talks about being, you know, a stranger coming down to turn down for Carnival, but that was also the biggest song when we were there in 2001. Oh, wow. So I'm the greatest because I chose the best song. Awesome. You are the greatest. You have soca intuition. It's just in your veins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's definitely in my blood. <laughs> I, I really want to hear from our listeners. I want to know if they've been in situations where they felt like the stranger in the room and uh, how, because of their color um, and how did that make them feel? How did they deal with it? I also want to know what's their take on police in America. Ooh. I really want to get some feedback. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. We don't shy away from controversy. Come on now. <laughs> You'd know that if you are following <laughs> us. Make sure you follow Soka Say So on all social media or go to SokaSaySo.com. Follow Dish Chick on all social media or go to DYSCHICK.com. And make sure you subscribe to BK Rants and Rave. Okay, bye. Bye.